Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you've seen the title. Evidently, this is not a Christmas special. We wanted to make sure you had a good Christmas. Folks, welcome to Eat to Book It, and we are going to be doing well we're, i don't know why we uh, i don't know why i even suggested this for the guys quite frankly i feel like i've committed the war crime doing this folks we're gonna have a look at one of the most infamously bad wwe produced shows in the history of really bad wwe produced shows we are looking at the absolute dumpster fire that is ecw december to dismember from 2006 and if some of you have heard that and thought <laughs> You have very good reason. Joining me for this journey today is going to be Stephen Wilson, Tom McManus, and Andy Mitchell. Everyone, I apologise in advance, but seriously though, how y'all doing? Happy New Year, is it still, is it still okay to say it? I go for it, yeah. It's been over a week, yeah, it's the first job, you know. Uh, yes, that's, that is the happy point of this. We will hopefully try to improve this cult. Because, yeah, I haven't seen you all since last year. Uh, somebody had to make that joke. It's good to be here. Thanks for involving me in this horrible, horrible show. <laughs> well, you missed out last time, so we had to bring in. <laughs> yeah, not great on Ryan Douglish, but that's like, it's not really hard, I'm going to be honest. Yes, this, the, like, December to Dismember is that bad that Ryan Douglish has claimed broadband issues and is not here with us to do the show. Ryan Douglish is the December to Dismember of uh, ESSR panelists. Which is saying something you can tell some of the people that we have on this podcast. Yeah, that that is that's very true. Tom, how are you feeling about ECW? Oh, <laughs> I, I'm so excited for this. I, I did all my research, and now I, I just I, I have no words. I have no words after today. It's really, really just put a dampener on the whole New Year spirit. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's that's basically how we can describe this. Um, obviously, as folk would probably guess this isn't the first time we've covered December to this member on Suplice Retweet. We've done shows on this before. Myself, Sarah Grieve and Callum Bennett, we all did a show over a year and a year or so ago. It wasn't so much a review of the show, it was more the roast of December to this member is the best way I could describe it. We all just let in on this and Callum had some very uh, interesting thoughts on it. You know, just go listen to it and you'll see what I mean. I'm looking at my old notes from the show. Here's how you know how bad it is. So I made notes throughout the like my watch through of the show. I, I braved it and watched it. This is literally my thoughts for the entire thing. Uh, spare a thought for the poor Spanish commentary team. The best match of the night didn't even involve anyone from ECW. <laughs> Taz cutting gay jokes in 2006 about Michael Cole. Oh, that's so 2006. Sokotoa sign in the crowd. Even trigonometry hates December to dismember. There's empty chairs galore. The cameramen standing on the apron to hide the dwindling audience. Great Kali's here. Great, this show's fantastic now. Oh look, it's Davari versus Mr. I'm going to cancel myself on a documentary show in 15 years. And Dark Mordecai and Rejected Hex Girl versus Aces and Eights member number four and Kelly Kelly. So, you know, it sounds very accurate here, guys. What do you think? And Kelly yeah. Kelly was a highlight on that show. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kelly Kelly was the, I mean, the majority of us, I mean, I was 14 at the time. I mean, I think it's safe to say I was allowed to say Kelly Kelly was the highlight of a lot of ECW in 2006. So with Craig, though. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh, don't, you, don't you get Karen Jarrett fucking on the show? Having a go, Jeez, oh, man. Uh, yeah. Like, keep us safe, Andy. 
Uh, hey, she might give us some publicity, so there you go. I'd rather not. Oh, that'd be painful. <laughs> oh, you know, um, poor Scott would have a freaking aneurysm. Uh, uh, yeah, crazy, it's, yeah, I mean, it's been so many years, I can't really still get the concept of a Strikers Rules match. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I was really didn't understand. I really wasn't a good fan in this point because I thought when Sylvester Terke first came in, I thought this guy looks genuinely menacing. Oh, how wrong was I? <laughs> what a terrible fucking athlete he was. Uh yeah, the the Davari still does stuff. Um, yeah, Mordecai. I quite like the Mordecai gimmick. I don't like the Kevin Ford gimmick. Mm. I don't think anybody liked the Kevin Ford gimmick. No, I don't think Kevin Fong liked the Kevin Fong gimmick. No, no, absolutely. I mean, he, not. he appeared on AEW as Kevin Thorne for a lumberjack match, so yeah, I but don't know what he was thinking with that. Tony Khan's a nostalgia thing. I mean, come on. He's had yeah. everybody on that. He had the blue mini on one blooming episode of Dark. Come on. So he did. I think he'd bring anybody on it. I mean, we're going to get Rikishi coming on and doing dancing with, like, blooming acclaimed at one point, probably. That'll be something. <laughs> Even though his sons are. One of the best tag teams in WWE, but you never know with wrestling these days. Uh, uh, and when you replace one of your um, hardcore legends in your main event with a guy who, with hardcore on his name, should be a hardcore legend, but let's be honest, Sparkplug Holly is so much better than Hardcore Holly. Yes. <laughs> Which is saying something because Sparkplug Holly was pretty shit. Again, putting it very mildly for everything at the time. So I'm going to just run through this. So to give an idea how bad this was, everyone. So so here's some stats from the show. So they were in the James Brown Arena in Augusta, Georgia. Now, that arena can hold a capacity of like 9,000 people at a good event. And the recorded attendance for December to December was 4,800. Jesus. Yep. It was the lowest bought pay-per-view in WWE history. And this is pre-network, even still, I think, that has a record. Going into the show, only two matches were advertised. The main event, which was the Extreme Elimination Chamber, which featured renowned DCW legends Bobby Lashley, The Big Show, Test, RVD, CM Punk, and Sabu, as originally announced. And then the only other match that was added, literally the week before the show, was the Hardy Boys issued an open challenge, only to be answered, by Johnny Nitro and Joey Mercury Eminem because yeah that was a so that was a banger of a match they had actually a really good feud those two mm-hmm. uh, teams uh, Joey Mercury might not say that uh, but yeah, he, yeah. He, <laughs> I don't think Joey Mercury remembers the feud <laughs> yeah that's because, probably because a good of that ladder, because of that ladder I'm going to say oh. because of that ladder shot before people start going to my throat <laughs> yeah we yeah. did get uh, suspended for wellness violation when uh, they split up Eminem and then just brought them back together because they didn't have anything else in creative. Pretty much I felt like that same. <laughs> so with only two matches going into the show, here's how it went. They let everyone in gently with a dark match. Stephen Richards and Renee Dupree went out there and did something. Uh, the Hardys and Eminem went out first and had the match of the night first. Literally, AJ Styles and Shane McMahon would do the same thing many, many years later. And that was pretty much your high point of the show there. You then had Balls Mahoney versus Matt Stryker in a Stryker's Rules match. Essentially, Matt Stryker enforced all traditional rules of wrestling, like no diving from the top rope, no like kinds of holds or whatever. It was a really clunky stipulation. Even We still even get it. Um, the highlight of it was Matt Stryker wearing 
trunks that had his face on the back of them, prompting Joey Styles to say, "You gotta admire a man who likes to sit on his own face." I mean, my, I mean, my balls, Mahoney. He's a, he was not exactly a technical supremo. So if you're mm. going to stick him in a match, put him in like a hardcore rules match, something that involves him. Don't stick him in a match where he needs to do traditional wrestling because it's just not going to work. And Matt Stryker's not exactly Daniel Bryan. So, yeah, I mean... I mean, if it was Balls Mahoney versus Bryan Danielson, you can like, pull something out of it. But Matt no. admittedly, exactly. admittedly, I would say Matt Stryker was the Bryan Danielson of skipping school to wrestle. Well, yeah. <laughs> as a teacher, not as a student. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Yeah, the true story is that Matt Stryker got fired from his teaching job because he was skiving to do wrestling shows, but yeah. Um, as I can we, imagine uh, David Campbell owning Matt Stryker's attire from that night. <laughs> yeah, I would think so much. <laughs> but he's put his own face on it. Any face is better than Matt Stryker's. Um, <laughs> we then move on to a tag team match. Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkey uh, defeated the FBI. And if you're wondering who Sylvester Turkey is, so we we then had Davari versus Tommy Dreamer and what I noted as a match so bad I almost forgave Tommy Dreamer for Dark Side of the Ring. Yep, that's how that's the level I got to on that show. We then had the mixed tag match, Stevie's personal highlight of the night, which was Ariel and Kevin Thorne versus Kelly Kelly and Mike Knox. And during the show we had the swear of, oh, Sabu's been taken out, so we're gonna replace him with Hardcore Holly, the life and soul of ECW. And they've put Hardcore Holly in the show. Of course. We then had the Extreme Elimination Chamber. The gimmick was every pod had a weapon in it. I know it sounds exhilarating, guys. And Bobby Lashley ended up defeating the big show to become ECW champion. A match so bad that it ended up with Paul Heyman essentially being ousted from creative control because he wanted, I believe, CM Punk to come out as the winner. But McMahon was like, no, I want him. I mean, it didn't help that CM Punk was the first guy eliminated. That was a bit... No. You, could have had, you could have had them have a bit of a run. Maybe be the second last guy eliminated. But no, he was eliminated first. By, well, by Rob Van Dam. Yep. Which isn't too, which isn't too bad. But then uh, Rob Van Dam gets eliminated off Test. And well, Test was... I mean, Vince didn't deem this man good enough to marry his daughter on television seven years beforehand. So what made yeah. you think he was going to win this? I mean, it's, it was just a sign of how bad things were. Um, I've also got here, Legends has it, the broken nature of this show was what really inspired broken Matt Hardy. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, just going through that card there, obviously, like we've either watched it or read it. Um, I'll just go. So uh, if you could sum it up in either one word or a short phrase, like a short sentence, how would you do it? Uh, we'll go to Andy first. Minus five stars. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Tom? Uh, the drizzling shits. The drizzling shits. And Stevie? I can't talk with Tom, just said that was absolutely <laughs> drizzling shits. Yeah, it was absolutely. Uh, yeah. It was, it was worse than watching, um, it was worse than watching 2013 TNA, which is something. I'd rather do heroin than watch a show. That's how bad it was. I would, ra- I would, I would rather watch Vampiro versus Sting in a human torch match again. No. Oh God, no. <laughs> to me, it was like watching a colonoscopy because everything I saw was just shit. Um, it was just, oh, like, how do you take a brand like ECW and bugger it up so badly? Don't use any extreme matches. 
just don't one extreme match that they had was a WWE creation match which they put a spin on and barely used the spin mm-hmm. you're going to put a spin on it I mean TNA at least did the electrified cage and people got electrified I mean, that was shit too yeah but that's at least something different than a normal cage a normal six sided steel but this was like yeah we're going to have weapons in the pods not use half the weapons I mean if they're going to use them use them very shitly yeah it may actually surprise uh, everyone here to know this isn't actually the first December to Dismember they've done it before in 95 you ruined my uh, book it then (laughs) if you're going to ask me I was going to just be like uh, yeah they should have just uh, re-shown the uh, December to Dismember December to Dismember 1995 yeah that would have probably gone down a lot better Um, like to give an, an idea, we had uh, the elimina- Extreme Elimination Chamber here. We then had the Ultimate Jeopardy Steel Cage Match in 1995. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, The Public Enemy, and The Pitbulls defeating Raven, The Heavenly Bodies, and The Eliminators, and Stevie Richards. You know, just a small number of teams there. Each participant had a stipulation that would be implemented had they been defeated, which, you know, that could have been an interesting twist if they decided to just do that instead. But no, we didn't get that. So we're now going to try and do our best to salvage this sinking ship that is ECW. We're going to try and make it better. Because let's face it, we can't make it any worse now, can we? <laughs> like, I think that would be quite the challenge. Yeah, I would fully agree on that one. We're going to attempt to salvage this. Um, Good luck to us all here. Uh, we are going to go alphabetical order on this one. So, Andre Michel, you will be up first, good sir, to present your uh, book it card for ECW December to this member. So, the floor is yours, my friend, and okay. good luck. <laughs> so, because I've never done this show before, I've kind of just winged it. So, hopefully, this is how we do it. Edit this out if it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, so I've got like a five uh, match card. And uh, essentially, that would be because that show should not. But how long did that go go on for? Like over three hours or something, Uh So I would say keep the Hardy and Eminem match because obviously that was the best thing on the card. Uh, rather than Dreamer versus Kali, have him versus Big Show in an Extreme Rules match. No, 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 no. Sorry, in a cage match. And I'd like the storyline where it's like Tommy Dreamer needs to defeat uh, Big Show and uh, he's locked in a, a cage with him and then you have Sabu do the striker match and have it striker rules for a minute until Sabu just grabs a chair and just turns into an extreme rules match and go from there and then I thought this would be quite funny and just have Hardcore Holly versus Test in a table match because obviously that horrible botch with the table that uh and just them two would just battle the shit out of each other because they are basically like throwing potatoes at each other and then for the main event I would have CM Punk versus Rob Van Dam, still the champion, versus Bobby Lashley. And have it as, again, similar to December to Dismember. That's a weird, it's hard to say December to Dismember. Uh, have it the same as December to Dismember back in 95 and have it a freeway dance for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. I think you just made history as the shortest book is pitch, book at pitch we've ever had. Um, well, it's short, sweet and concise. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not really going to complain about it because that already sounds like a marked improvement and also it would easily satisfy our, hum- our sense of humour with that one um, the Hardys versus Eminem being kept I'm going to be honest not surprised I 
probably would have done the same. Dreamer and Big Show, they, I think they did roll that match out on TV a few times and it just looked like a, an absolute car crash. Um, I don't know how it would have been on pay-per-view for that. Sabu versus Striker, that would have literally just been everyone's feel-good match of the night. And then you would just see the, the crowd start to disappear again. Test and Holly, um, I'm guessing that table spot with Holly must have really done something for you. Because why would you put him in it again? <laughs> you sick freak. I was saying he needs to prove himself that table, like he can beat a table. <laughs> that's, the real, that's the real storyline. Good storyline. And uh, it's, the it's the real test, should I say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, and the face palm from Stephen there says all. Um, the three-way dance between uh, Punk, Harvey, D and Lashley, that, you know, that could actually be pretty good. The only thing I would just say is probably if it was like 2022 Lashley with them, if you could like take him out of time and put him there, that would probably make for a stronger performance just for me, but... But you could still do it where, like, you do the old like thing where they knock about, put him for a table or whatever, and then you just have Punk and RVD just go at it, and then maybe Lashley steals the win at the end. Oh, sneaky. But like then that. it's like extreme, it's uh, basically an extreme rule, so just introduce weapons. And I always feel like it's always like a weapons match is always like, it always hides someone's um, sort of weaknesses, so to speak. So again, a stronger book to finish would have maybe made the last look a bit stronger, but. Hmm. Tom, Stephen, what are your thoughts on Andy's uh, suggestions of how to improve the show? Tom first. I like it, it improves it. So fair enough. Um, Punk, Punk and RVD and Lashley, that's a solid matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, Hardy's versus Eminem, fine, fine with. It. You guys like that match a lot more than I do. Um, I don't, I don't know what it just didn't do for me, but it didn't do to the same level of you guys talking about it. Um, Sabu versus Striker, it's chaos. Love a bit of chaos. That's absolutely great fun. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it, right. it does a good. It does a good job of taking a lot of the crap out of the card, kind mm. of simplifying it a wee bit. Um, having Punk in the main event, yeah, it's a surefire win for the crowd. At least uh, kind of keeps him on side. Uh, we don't have any Sylvester Turkai. We don't have any Davarian Kelly. We sadly don't have any Kelly Kelly. Uh, but I'll give the benefit of the doubt. I'm really, I'm, I'm going to get cancelled after this because of this one thing. I'm not going to talk about my favourite ECW segment of all time, so really well, good catch. Uh, and <laughs> we've got, uh, yeah, I mean, Striker, I mean, I'm assuming he gets his ass kicked, which would make things even better. Because Sabu was just really great at just coming out of nowhere. And just, I mean, he's not exactly quick. He's not a technical genius either. But he just loved, loved putting his body on the line. Yeah, he would do the job quite nicely. Uh, the, the, the big show Tommy Dreamer match does not that would be where I go for a piss. I yeah, that's why I put it in a cage. Because the yeah. Tommy Dreamer realising, try to beat the Big Show. Big Show's just booked as a monster, so what's Dreamer trying to do? He's just trying to get off the cage. They just get crazy cage spots big, from Dreamer. Big, big Show was about £800 at this point. As well. Yeah, so he doesn't so, need to climb anything. It makes it even better. It's Tommy uh, Dreamer just jumping using the cage to his own advantage. Because I did have it as Extreme Rules, and I was like, ah, well, there's too many Extreme Rules in there. Just have it as a cage. Have some sort of cage element in there. Yeah. I couldn't see Tommy Dreamer climbing a cage either. <laughs> so that must have been something just to turn him just going for the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, quite right. Grabbing his leg. He's got. That would be it's worth like, someone's. It's, it's, it's like that scene. In, it's like that scene in Friends. The fact it's given episode where the three girls try to stop Joey from scoring a touchdown. Yeah. It's <laughs> like dragging him with everything they've got. That would be Tommy G. trying to stop Big Show getting out the cage. I could see someone trying to rib them during it, where they would just like cut all the links to the cage beforehand. So then they go to climb it and just. Like that would just be me. I'm an evil guy. Um, or just have uh, Big Show do what he always does and just throw someone through the cage or uh, put them through the uh, ring that they crawl out another way. It's weird that that's happened twice with Big Show. He's helped hmm. he's, uh, he's helped an opponent, well, he's helped someone win a cage match twice with Stone Cold and JBL. Yeah, funny that. Good point, though. Well, we've heard how Andy would do December to this member, so we will now move on alphabetically to our Lord and Master, Stephen Wilson. Stephen, the floor is yours. Just please make the show better. <laughs> I will try my best. Uh, so we've got a seven-match card for this uh, edition of ECW Dismem- December to Dismember. I'll keep the commentary team. Taz will stop his gay jokes. Joey Styles will scream loudly. And hopefully everything's okay. Um, we will start off with a match that WWE did on a pay-per-view weeks later involving two of the teams that were in the opening match of the original December to this member. I'm going to do the four-way ladder tag team title match that they did at Armageddon with London and Kendrick, William Regal and Dave Taylor, Eminem and the Hardys. So that four-way ladder match that happened at Armageddon will happen on this card instead. So you're going to add those extra two elements, which this that match at Armageddon was actually a far better match than the December to this member one. I will take out Joey Mercury's face exploding for this particular one. Even though for an ECW pay-per-view, that's probably quite a fitting image. But I'm going to take it out. It's going to be kind of the same result, kind of, the way. London and Kendrick will get the win, but it's a nice free exhibition to kind of start this card. Uh, we go backstage where we see Paul Heyman with his two goons in the, in the helmets, if you remember that back then. Uh, I believe it was the Basham brothers who were portraying the men in the helmets then. And Big Show is there as well where Paul Heyman tells the big show that he has to beat Bobby Lashley in the main event or he is gone from ECW. So keeping that kind of element to it just without the kind of crap match type aspect to it that we see. Uh, second match that falls after this is going to be Elijah Buck minus Sylvester Turkey taking on CM Punk now. Obviously, as we saw in the years following this, Elijah Buck, the Pope, the Angelo the Nero, however you pronounce his name, was actually quite a good wrestler, so put him in with CM Punk, who was uh, building his uh, regime at this point in ECW. I think it's quite a smart move. It's a nice wee exhibition for the two of them. Uh, with CM Punk picking up the victory, continuing his momentum to an eventual ECW title shot later on. And keeping him away from the main title match is actually probably a good thing for the pay-per-view as a whole, because it means it doesn't get fed to the Wolves. Uh, we then get... My riskiest match, I think it's fair to say. Uh, I should add, actually, the, the stipulation for this pay-per-view that every match is a no-DQ. So there's a no-DQ element to it. So there is a hardcore element to it, as ECW should. Uh, so this match coming up is Mike Knox taking on the Sandman. You can understand why I had to mention that every match is a hardcore element to it, because these two are not going to put on a technical classic. They're just going to kick the lumps out of each other. Sandman's the man at this point who's defending the honour of Kelly Kelly because he wants to see Kelly's expose coming to a conclusion. Unfortunately, in this case, he comes up short as he is distracted and he loses 
to Mike Knox, who is laser focused. He takes Kelly away. She's all covered up the tail. We're not seeing Kelly's expose here. The Sandman's not getting drunk. Mike Knox is the dirty heel. <laughs> we then get our next element, which is backstage with Stevie Richards, who's getting interviewed, talking that 2007 is going to be his year. Yeah, he clearly for some reason thought that. But he was having an ice-free run in ECW at this particular point. But then he's attacked by Kevin Form, who takes him out backstage. What a feud we're going to have starting off 2017. Stevie Richards and Kevin Form. At least Kevin Form's away from the upper, uh, um, upper mid-card. So it's a good thing. You know, it kind of helps, maybe helps him develop a wee bit better. We're then going to get a first blood match, because obviously it's happening before the PG era officially came in. It's going to be Hardcore Holly versus Sabu in a first blood match. This is as gory as it sounds on paper. Sabu's an absolute crazy motherfucker. He's throwing chairs everywhere. He's attacking the big scar on Hardcore Holly's back. He's even biting it to try and expose the blood. Somehow that fails to expose the blood though. And Hardcore Holly eventually is the one who gets the victor here by absolutely beating Sabu's head to pulp by hitting it off of everything, off of stairs, off of chairs. Everything in that one. Hardcore Holly gets the win here. We then get Test versus Tommy Dreamer. I've went with this particular one and this, this one. Tommy Dreamer, the ECW underdog. You've got to have him on the ECW pay-per-view, even if it's going to be the drizzling shits. Uh, him and Test have a pretty solid match here, though, and it is Test that gets the victory in this particular one. We then go backstage where RVD is getting ready for his WWE title match that's coming up next, where he is wished luck by a succession of ECW legends. He's met by Balls Mahoney, Dean Malenko, Mick Foley and Terry Funk who wish him luck in this match because he's getting his rematch with John Cena inside the steel cage up next because he never got his rematch after losing both the WWE and ECW titles in the summer. It's a typical type cage match. The crowd are still anti-Cena as they were the first time the two met in an ECW pay-per-view. But over this point, John Cena is victorious as he pulls RVD from escaping the cage puts them in the STF, they've had a bloody match at this point in time, and RVD passes out, he doesn't tap out, and John Cena retains the WWE title. And we then get our main event, which is for the ECW title, it's a last man standing match, it's the Big Show versus Bobby Lashley, where Big Show does everything to try and put Lashley away, but just can't do it. At this point, we get Heyman who comes out, he sends the goons out, they hold Lashley out as Heyman then hands Big Show the ECW title. He swings, he misses, and hits Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman's down. Then Lashley gets a kendo stick and beats Big Show to a pulp. Hits his finisher. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Boom. Bobby Lashley's the ECW champion. And as Paul Heyman said before the show, Big Show is gone. ECW. And that's December to December, 2006. Well, that was a very, very good cards the happy thing is every card that, that we're reading here is a marked improvement on the show and again <laughs> same with same with Steven's card there no DQ it feels like regular ECW just doing no DQ like none of the crap like you know traditional wrestling matches that WWE would run like that feels more in line with an ECW show um, moving the Armageddon ladder match to here probably a, a good idea because that would have been a more fitting match for it instead of them just running it like two weeks later. 
than they, like they did real life. Um, Burke and Punk, I remember them being the uh, ECW title match on Unforgiven 07, and that was a pretty good show. So easily, easily a good decision to put them together. Mike Knox and Sandman, Big Harry Hobo versus the Drunken Uncle. Uh, you know, easily a, a, a good fit for an ECW match. The irony of Harker Holly with the big gash on his back not losing a first blood match. I, I actually do like that. RVD and Cena on an ECW pay-per-view again. Interesting decision. Makes sense, of course, given what happened with RVD's suspension in the summer that year. Uh, Lashley and Big Show last man standing. That would have been a better solidifying of Lashley as champion for that storyline, potentially. Tom, what are your thoughts on Stevie's card there? I think it's marvellous. Um, I think really, really good. Love the idea of the ladder match. That it, that sounds like it's going to be a really entertaining opener. Um, Knox and Sandman. I'm, I'm glad you made it no DQ because uh, I was worried for a second. RVD and Cena, I, it feels like it might be a little bit too small crowd for that match to have the full effects that it could if, uh, if the attendance is only just under 5K, but it's a solid match that's worked for them previously. Um, finish would have probably got RVD over. I really like the last man standing idea. Um, Really, really like the last man standing match. I, w- I wish I'd thought about having a last man standing match. And uh, some of the cameo appearances, I think me and Stephen are on the same page again, um, like what we were with the uh, 1989 show. Yeah, it's um, it's like the, the cards e- easily, like it's <laughs> fitting the ECW vibe more. Like, I think we can all agree that like this is more ECW than fucking WWE ECW was. What were your thoughts on this one, Andy? That was good. Uh, a lot more uh, <laughs> put into it than what I put into mine. Uh, I didn't even have any backstage segment. I was just like, let's get to the point, damn it. Uh, but no, good. They uh, like Using the sort of every match is no DQ, obviously hides some of the... It's like basically old school uh, ECW where it was like half of them couldn't wrestle. So it was like, we'll just hide it with gimmick matches and stuff. And it just works. And, you know... Crowds do love a gimmick match. Say what you want. You can put two horrible wrestlers together, and if it's like first blood or just something ridiculous, then you know you're going to get into it anyways. And yeah, the first blood match, Hardcore Holly versus Sabu. I can imagine that being probably so brutal that that would change the PG into the PG era from there. A few years earlier, uh, the Test versus Dreamer match. Interesting. Uh, I can't even remember because I know Tess was a lot bigger, but was he still a shite wrestler back in the day, like in 2006? Yeah, he was still, he still was. Still shite, still was, so. Still wasn't very good. He had a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he had a haircut and he didn't wear long tights, but yeah. No, but yeah, Burke versus Punk, that would have been interesting as well to see earlier on. Uh, the Armageddon ladder match, uh, yeah. They're all it's just a much, much better card than, yeah, than the standard WWE, like, watered down ECW rubbish. Yeah, I mean, it's is worthwhile also remembering that because of this pay-per-view, ECW never received a solo pay-per-view again after this. It was it was so bad that they cancelled brand exclusive pay-per-views altogether. Yeah, like with um, like Royal Rumble onwards, it was just like it was just all brands on the same show, but they weren't prepared to take that risk again. Don't bloody blame them. Um, you know, it's no. basically just like oh crap, they hated that ECW match. Fuck, take her. Wait, where's Taker? Right, he's no there. Michaels! 
like literally that was yeah. their attitude for the rest of the year um but we'll need we'll see if tom has to break the glass and get taker and michaels out on his cards um tom the floor is yours uh just you know don't bugger up the show it can't get any worse <laughs> my best all right my friend good luck righty then first match i'm keeping exactly the same we've got eminem versus the hardy boys match goes pretty much the same as it does on the regular pay-per-view aside from on Molina's third involvement of the match Francine appears out of nowhere attacks Molina, allows the Hardys to win by a roll-up. Uh, moving on to the second segment, it's about to start as as it does as well with Matt Stryker making his way to the ring however, as Matt Stryker is about to make his first promo, Heyman runs down to the ring and cuts him off, states that he can stomach this no more and he's sick of seeing his life works being bastardised. Tears up the show's format live in the middle of the ring and says if something extreme doesn't happen in the next fucking minute, he's going to pull the plug on the whole pay-per-view. As Heyman goes to leave the ring to make his way back to the truck, Terry Funk hops the rail and nails Stryker, much to the crowd's amusement. Um, puts him through the Spanish and now stable as well for good measure. Heyman says that that's more like it and demands that the chamber match starts now. However, it's instead going to be a number one contenders match with the big show moving automatically to the main event of the show. Um, he also announces that Sandman is going to replace the big show in the match. Uh, carries on as, as regular as normal with Punk and Lashley being the final two in the elimination chamber. However, both pin each other at exactly the same time. Both men are declared the winner and the main event will now be a triple threat with a stipulation to be agreed before the main event. Coming up next, we've got the Elijah Burke and Steve Takei come out to the ring. However, in true ECW fashion, the lights go out as they're waiting for their opponents to turn up. And we've got an ECW surprise. The ECW surprise is Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson from Ring of Honor Television. They're going to have the match instead. I've been a little bit naughty there, but I think it's in true ECW fashion. Uh, Dreamer versus Davari, um, that's carrying on as normal as well for the entire match. And this infuriates as he's constantly getting more and more works up on the commentary table because he can't actually see the match. During the match, Taz decides that he can take it no longer. He leaps up from the announced desk and attempts to put Carly into the Taz mission and chokes out Carly. Dreamer wins in the chaos. And as Dreamer and Taz are celebrating in the middle of the ring, Carly gets up out of nowhere, slides back into the ring, and he chokes out Dreamer and Taz and leaves them laying. Match five, we've just got an extreme six-man. This is just a six-man of lots of different ECW people. We've got Al Snow's in there, Balls Mahoney is in there, Hardcore Holly's in there. You've also got Paul London in there, Kevin Thorne in there, and the winner of this match will be the final man of Umaga. Last, uh, second to last, we've got the WWE title match. This is going to be uh, an unannounced match of John Cena and Shawn Michaels. However, as the match is about to start, Paul Heyman comes out once again and announces the stipulation for the main event is also going to be the stipulation for this title match. He announces in ECW fashion once again, he's going to bring back the barbed wire death match. 
People rush, a crew rush to the ring to start setting everything up. Cena and Michaels just look at each other in the ring. They are having absolutely none of it. They bail out to the crowd pelting things at them. So the main event then just carries on as normal. It is an exploding barbed wire death match with uh, Bobby Lashley, CM Punk, Big Show. CM Punk is going to take the winner uh on this one i haven't got a fancy thinner finish in because it's just gonna end the way it should have done and wwe history has been reset to get nice and normal uh and hopefully punks enjoys a long-lasting wwe career this time because he didn't get messed about all those years ago and that's my december to dismember very interesting directions that you're taking on this one um I like the idea of the chamber match being bumped up to be a normal contenders match easily a better use of the stipulation for the show <laughs> having Cena and Michaels appear only to bail out before their match is <laughs> I just love that image of the two of them just like looking around looking back at each other <laughs> and out you go I just love that you can have like, easily Triple H just stood there like weren't you meant to there's that oh out we go like ah, that's just fantastic um, Punk getting coronated at the end of the night that was the direction I think a lot of people would have wanted from 2006 ECW, so easily happy with that one there. Um, Stevie, what were your thoughts with the card? Yeah, it was pretty, pretty solid, pretty good. Uh, if I was watching it, I'd be quite pleased watching it. <clears throat> the whole point when he was saying that Taz was getting pissed off, I was like, I wasn't sure if he was then going to say that he was just going to keep it going, and then Taz was going to show up later on the show. See, if Taz had shown up at the end during that Cena Shawn Michaels point, that'd be amazing. But him trying to him choking out Cali, <laughs> that'd be that'd get a pop and something else. So credit to that one. Yeah, I was considering myself myself how to use potentially the raw SmackDown card. I kind of just went well, obviously I went with the ones I thought, but using Omega and that six man was pretty good, you know. It gives them a bit extra trouble case, it's a bit of shit star power, this is good. Uh obviously they both have Terry Funk in the show at some point, so got happy with it. Terry Funk, yeah. Beat somebody up is good. The Heyman, the use of Heyman was really good as well. It's the type of thing that Heyman was doing at that particular point. So it made sense. He was just kind of running about doing what he wanted. And yeah, I think it works out quite well. Uh, yeah, a nice feel good ending as well. We see a punk leaving with the with the championship. I wasn't, I was, I was quite close to going with Punk as the champ in this one, but I kind of went with the route of going with him just building him up to the title point. I just didn't want him to look weak, but. Yeah, I'm no complaints seeing how leaving with the belt here on this particular point. Yeah, really good pay-per-view. The barbed wire, exploding barbed wire match, you know what I mean? I mean, I love all the stuff I missed that with Sabu and the barbed wire exploding matches in TNA right at this point. They were mm -hmm. just absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's... It would appease the kind of hardcore ECW fans, which is what they had to do with this pay-per-view. It's what they should have done with this pay-per-view. I didn't do it at all. The exploding part of the match definitely would not have been any worse than what we had with, what was it, Omega and Moxley uh, mm. back in well, during the pandemic. Yeah, that's, yeah that, that wouldn't be very hard. I mean, I don't think they would have done that with this. You know, I think Heyman would have personally tested the explosive himself to make sure it worked, you know. I mean, just use the same stuff they were using for Kane's pyro back then. That was big enough. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think that would have handled it fine. Yeah, at, like, at, at that point. Like, I remember going to a live event like two months before this happened. Kane wrestled on the show. And I'm up, it was in the Brayhead Arena. I'm up in the stands and I felt the heat easily from up there. So they could have easily made the pyro good. Andy, your thoughts on the card there? 
Yeah, I, I like the idea of like Heyman coming down and sort of flipping the, the script and then having uh, basically Funk come out of nowhere and basically doing Striker. That's a really good sort of... Uh, just an interesting concept. I feel like if it went that way, it would have been a bit more... Did you hear what happened on December to December? You know, it would have been a bit more of a talky sort of point. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a strong card. Again, as you said, it's like it's not hard to improve the last cards because that was just yeah um, again I think Steven said pretty much everything I'm probably going to say where it's just it's a good card the, the, the exploding barbed wire match is just very old school ECW and just you know it's kind of like you don't really see that a lot in in WWE anyways it's like I still always remember when they were promoting December to member. I was just like, I don't see the appeal of having weapons in an elimination chamber. That just doesn't sound exciting. Mm. Whereas an exploding death match might have been a bit more like, oh, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll watch that. Uh, the sort of it would be funny to see Cena and Michael sort of show up, but again, knowing their egos, they wouldn't do it. So I was thinking if you had like Kalito and Chris Masters because they were a tag team at the time. And have them come out and get. Oh, it had out. never happened in a month of days. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, but it's still a cool idea. But I, I was thinking, yeah, if it was someone like two comedy kind of characters, kind of thing, who are very WWE, uh, then yeah, that just still works as well. But no, overall, very, very strong card. That's what we like to what we like to hear with doing this because we've we've all produced cards that are like easily better than the original one. So now we get to the fun part. Um, Essentially, the way this will work is we'll go around everyone and vote in kind of our preferred choice of the other two people's cards. Obviously, as Andy's card is shorter, what we will do is we'll his fourth match um, can be an option for any of the matches from numbers four to six. So if it's not locked in, it's still an option for those ones. His first three matches in the main events are set for those ones. So we'll work through it in sequence and see how we are. Um, so, kicking off the show, you know, we have the options of the the Hardys. Well, since two matches are more, since two of them are the same, it's more or less an option of the Hardys versus Eminem or the Armageddon ladder match. Uh, Andy, as you, we basically, basically have to throw our hands up. So, we'll just do a wee we'll, we'll do this one a little bit different. Just a show of hands for me on screen, and I'll count. Uh, who's in favour of just keeping the Hardys and Eminem as a, as the normal match? Interesting. Who wants the Armageddon ladder match? Andy's up. Tom's up. Stevie's up. I was going to all, 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 all of us are doing it. I kind of watched them. I was like, are they going to go? Yeah. If one of them went, I would have to go with them because I have to be biased. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not complaining, to be honest. Like, the Armageddon ladder match would work here. So the Armageddon the ladder match, match. Yeah. I mean, we could Dave Taylor on a pay per view. Mm. <laughs> Molly and Regal in a ladder match. That's. That was my biggest shocker of that match was when they said Regal was going to be in it. I'm like, hmm? <laughs> and then that match dead last minute as well. I'm sure it was only going to be a, a, a straight tag at one point. And yeah, they and added, they just... They added the Hardys and Eminem at that point. Yeah, because yeah, it was maybe just be Kendrick and Taylor... Kendrick and London versus Taylor and Regal, and then they, they added them in. Aye, because it wasn't a ladder match. It wasn't pre-announced a ladder match either. Aye. I remember really. Hockney would know good about that. Hockney know, Hockney's the king of Armageddon trivia. <laughs> Which he's, never, which, he's, which, he's, which he's never going to put on his Tinder profile. I was going to say, is that what he says to date? She's like, did you know in Armageddon 2006, Joey Mercury broke his face on a ladder? Like, I don't know who that is. Get away from me, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would be surprised if he did, because he is so good at Armageddon. <laughs> I might just have to do an Armageddon quiz show then. 
Right, that might, that might lure that might lure our boy back in. Um, so we're going to go into match two. So we have different options for this one. Uh, we have Andy's option of Tommy Dreamer and the Big Show. Stephen's option match. Stephen's option of Elijah Burke and CM Punk. And Tom's suggestion of the number one contender elimination chamber match. Uh, so Andy, out of Burke versus Punk and the chamber match, what would you pick? I don't know, like, I do want to kind of say chamber, but then I feel like you've just watched the ladder match and it's like, boom, chamber match. It's like, am I going to be more... Uh, yeah, I think I'll probably go for that, actually. Just to, to keep the momentum going, the chamber match. All right, so we have one vote for the chamber match. Um, Stephen, out of Dreamer versus Big Show in the chamber match, what would you take? Uh, sorry, Andy. The, the Dreamer yeah. versus Big Show does not sound appealing at all. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go with the chamber. That's why I said that put him in a steel cage. <laughs> uh, nah, I gotta go with the chamber match. Nah, that's okay, the six-man chamber match goes in automatic. Tom, out of interest, if you had to have picked between Burke and Punk and Dreamer and Big Show, what would you have gone for? I'd have probably had to pick Punk and Burke <laughs> over preference. But I do feel like, yeah, maybe, maybe I would have ended up making people suffer through Dreamer and Big Show. <laughs> keep Punk available for a later match. Yeah. Mm. But guns to my head, I'm going to go with Punk and Burke. Fair enough. So we have two matches currently locked in, the Armageddon ladder match and the chamber match. Um, if names appear twice on this card, it's not going to be anything new. We had, um, what's his face? We had Hogan work double on the on the last one. So Hogan, Hogan works about five matches on that 1989 card. Yeah. What a work, like a, what a workhorse. <laughs> oh, you do know, know he, what is it? Um, he wrestled for hundred days in one year. People, people don't give him enough it's credit. Possible. People don't give him enough credit. Uh, like I, I'm amazed that none of you guys had Hogan work this one. The true oh. megastar of ECW, Hulk Hogan. You probably would say he was like supposed to be like the headliner at ECW, but you know, <laughs> just I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I was I was waiting to be like, I'm just, am I gonna have to edit this joke out? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm very tired, man. I do have a photo I saw of Hogan just standing next to I think it's his boy in a car park and it's just like no context. It's just a really funny photo for some weird reason. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um Sure, whatever you both. Uh Going on to match number three, we have some different options here. We have Tommy Dreamer versus The Big Show from Andy, Mike Knox versus The Sandman from Steven, and if I've noted this down right, uh, Tom, your third match was the tag uh, with McGuinness and Danielson, is that right? Yes, yes it was. Yes, um, Elijah Burke, and I believe you referred to him as Steve Takai, which I thought was a nice touch. <laughs> Instantly, oh, God, no idea. I like that name a bit more. I've, no, I've never heard of the man up until this. <laughs> Try to the best way to describe him. Imagine he just looked like um, Create a Superstar slot number two from one of the SmackDown versus Raw games. <laughs> uh, Andy, out of Knox versus Sandman and the tag match, what would you take? I'd probably go Knox versus Sandman just for the spectacle. You are. You have a sick. Uh, yeah. Absolutely horrible. Um, Stephen, out of uh, Sabu versus Striker in the Strikers Rules match and the the tag match, what would you go for? Ah, uh, God. 
Let's see, I, 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 I might feel dirty if I vote against the tag match. Because it's Daniel Sid and McGuinness. Yeah. But at the same time, it's Sylvester Turkai. That's <laughs> 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 nah, screw it. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to go for the tag match. Oh, because interesting. Because like, you know, mm-hmm. I, like, um, I like Sabu versus Striker, but I like Tom's use of Striker better. Mm. That's so, interesting. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the tag. <laughs> right, so we've got one vote for Knox and Sandman, one vote for the tag match. The way this will work is, Tom, if you vote for uh, Sabu and Striker, then I'm going to have to give the deciding vote. Your choices are Knox and Sandman or Sabu and Striker. I think I've got to be honest, I'd go for Sabu Striker though, just for the idea of Sabu get out of Striker. Fair enough. Um, Alright, so everyone's gone for a different match. This is uh, intriguing territory. And the MacGuffin of the original Book It season has finally come into play because that was the original rule that we had when we did the first season of Book It was if if Goat couldn't make a decision, I was going to come in and help out. Striker getting slapped out by Sabu would just be complete comic gold. Mike Knox versus Sandman would resemble too many fights that we've seen in the city centre of Glasgow. Um, <coughs> to be honest, you know what, for the sheer hell of getting Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson on a WWE card, guys, I'm going to go with the tag match, because <laughs> I would uh-huh. want to see them in there. Just anything to improve the show. If, if we can improve the show in any way, I'll happily try and do it with them. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a sacrifice for Turkey. For no. I mean, come on, come on. The man, the man was like, Oh. How many matches did they wrestle? I'm going to look this up while we're doing this. What I want to do is just call an audible and have uh, McGuinness and Danielson win it and just send everyone home happy afterwards. Oh my god, they had a character, his name was Predator. <laughs> That's not dodgy at all. His name was... Uh, oh, no, sorry, sorry, I'm going to have to briefly interrupt. His, um, his alter egos in wrestling were, of course, Sylvester Turkey. There was Sly Scraper. Uh, Predator, The Collector, <laughs> Sylvester the Escapee, and the best of the lot, Big Van Vader UFO. <laughs> what? Isn't Velveteen Dream now known as Predator? <laughs> oh, Jesus. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Andy Mitchell. <laughs> oh, in 2008, he has a match as the Predator when he takes on Necro Butcher. Oh my god. <laughs> Necro Butcher. That just sounds like a match that loads up and in wins. bloody bottle combat. But, uh, he also has a, match, he has a match with Bobby Lashley in this promotion as well. Well, right then? Ah, like, it's, it's, sure, what the hell not? His last ever match, he lost a tag match with Ravens on the other team. I mean... ESSR's 2023 Easter Special, Sylvester Turkey. <laughs> Don't, like, because there'll be people in the pod that actually would want that to happen. He has a match with Funaki. <laughs> a match with Funaki? A tag match. Why has Funaki this only just came to light? I have no idea. So, oh, sorry, I'm really... <laughs> I'm gonna get destroyed. The last point I'm gonna make is he has a tag match in Zero One where he is teaming with a guy called Bambi Killer <laughs> to take on another tag team featuring Aki Bono. 
me get this right. Akebono, the guy that beat Big Show in the sumo match at Romania 21. Yeah. And they're facing Bambi Killer? And the Predator. At Kurakin Hall. Kurakin Hall. The next episode of East Meets West will have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> it's like, Scott Grant, we challenge you now. Really Try and make sense of that. The really worrying figure is that he's his big career gimmick was the Predator. <laughs> WWE signed them off of the Predator gimmick. That's what man's like, I could see something of myself in that man. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get sued. Stevie, I'll, I, let, I'll let you decide what makes the cut. <laughs> I digress enough about the Sylvester Victory. Let's get back to the show. Back to the show. Aye, um, back to this. <laughs> Good lord, how do we follow that? Um, so, we've locked in our first uh, our first three matches are locked in. So we're now at a point where Andy's match is an option for uh, the other, the next three matches before we get to the main event for Stephen and Tom. And they can still vote on their matches as usual. So we'll see how we get on with this. So let's just double check. So Stephen, I've got your match number four as the first blood match, Holly and Sabu. And Tom, I just I think I think I've actually missed potentially noting it. What was your fourth match, Tom? Uh, it's Dreamer and Devari um, with Carly uh, getting Taz missioned. Mm. Dreamer and Devari with Taz running in. Nice. Anything to get Taz to do something is always going to be popular with anyone right now. So, uh, Andy, out of the two matches that we have here, so Holly and Sabu, First Blood, or Dreamer versus Davari with Taz running in and snuffing Grey Kali, what's your mm. what's your flavour of them? They're both interesting matches, but do I really want to see Taz try and climb up with the Great Kali to put him in a Taz mission? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> be very awkward and not as cool as it would be just by the description and by that I'm going to go for the first flood match Stephen you have two choices here you've got um, Devarian Dreamer or you have Andy's suggestion of Test and Harker Holly in a tables match uh, I've just found out that the Predator once team, had a series of tag team matches <laughs> teaming with Heidenreich are we doing a, oh, it gets better! <laughs> are, are we doing a, a career on uh, <laughs> Steve Sylvester Takeo, whose name is a profile? Oh, I'll put the title of this episode as December to Dismember Reboot Stroke Sylvester Takeo Career Profile. See, just by how he described it, I'm going to go with the tables match because Andy described this as like a freaking violent musical. <laughs> <laughs> a violent musical, interesting, interesting taste there. Tom, out of... Uh, the first blood match or the tables match, what's your what's what are you picking on this one? Who's in the tables match again? Tables match was Test and Hardcore Holly. I've gotta go with the first blood. Hmm. Alright, so That's a good is a good shout that one. Alright, so that is the first blood match uh, locked in on this particular card. First blood. Hmm. First Blood Sabu versus Holly. Okay. Interesting one. So, Andy's match is still available if we want to torture Hardcore Holly more. Um, <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> See how we feel. Uh, 
So I'm not finished with you yet, Hardcore Holly. <laughs> Pretty much, I. Uh, I get, it's also against the other option of Test versus Tommy Dreamer. And um, I believe match five is the six-man match that Tom suggested. Absolute all-stars. And the Test versus Dreamer or the six-man match, what would you go with? Probably going to have to go with the six-man match. I feel that's probably the general the choice out of the, the two. But then that's like what? So we've had a six-man match and we've had an Elimination Chamber six-man match. That's actually a good shit. I like that. Out of the tables match and the six-man match, Stephen, what's your flavour for them? Um, I'll go with the six-man. The six-man match is locked in already. Alrighty, so we now get on to match number six. Uh, I would have voted for Hardcore Holly going for the table, by the way. I like you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. We've got, well, we've only really got two options here for the the match because we've got Tess and Holly for the table match again. (laughs) 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 See, we're we're campaigning actively here, people. RVD and Cena in a cage for the WWE title or Tom's idea of the fake out um, original barbed wire death match, Michaels and and Cena. (laughs) So your choices are two, your choices. Uh, torture for Hardcore Holly, <laughs> a decent cage match, or comedy value with Cena and Michael. So, real great variety here for this one. I'll go reverse order, Tom, out of the cage match and the tables match. Tables match for Hardcore Holly. Tables match for Hardcore Holly. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, tables match or the fake out barbed wire match? Well, before that, I add my last bit of Sylvester Turkey one. <laughs> That's a tag match from 2002 in Currican Hall that contained Sylvester Turkey as the Predator, Hayden Reich, Nathan Jones, and this from Distorio. What the hell? <laughs> and it lasts for 13 minutes. <laughs> oh my god. Someone invented Universe Mode long before it got into the WWE games. That's what's <laughs> happened here. Oh, it, 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 had, it followed two matches after the Dick Togo match that was, that was decided by referee decision. Good <laughs> <laughs> God almighty. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, I'm going to close this tab. <laughs> right. Uh, 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 it's the only the time hand. Stephen it's the only time Stephen has said I need to close this tab willingly uh, <laughs> uh, why not let's go with the Hardcore Holly match <laughs> we go Hardcore Holly is not having a good night the table uh, matches and um, so John Cena had the, there was a choice of two John Cena <laughs> matches and we picked a Hardcore Holly tables match in the card that he's already on <laughs> just your torture it's extreme for a reason we have some good standards on the show, people. That's what we can see. Is there any point in me voting? <laughs> well, and uh, um, I mean, out of the two, you get the fake, the fake out from Cena and Michaels, and the actual cage match, RVD and Cena. What would you have gone for? Well, if it would have been me first, I would have picked the uh, the fake out because I was like, yeah, I want to see that that main event with RVD <laughs> and CM Punk and Bobby Lashley. But then, but because it's like the table match being decided, I'd probably say the cage match between. RVD and uh, Cena because that would have been quite interesting. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the fake out is funny. Yeah. <laughs> so we now have um, main events to decide. So 
Andy's option, RVD, Punk and Lashley in a three-way dance for the ECW title. Steven's option of uh, Lashley and the Big Show in a last man standing match. If Big Show <laughs> loses, he is gone. And Tom's Big Show, CM Punk and Lashley in a barbed wire death match. And Hardcore Holly can breathe at this point. Um, <laughs> so, Andy, out of the last man standing match and the barbed wire death match, what will take your pick here? It's got to be the, it's got to be the barbed wire one. We have one for the barbed wire death match. Uh, Steven, barbed wire death match or uh, three way dance? You get interesting. I'm going to go with the three way dance. Ooh. Interesting. Uh, Thomas, it stands. If you vote for the three way dance, we have a match decided. If you vote for the last man standing match, I need to chip in. Uh, what would you go for? Three way dance or last man standing? Who's in the three way dance again? That'd be RVD, CM Punk, and Bobby Lashley. I can, I can, I can vibe with that. Yeah, three way dance. There we go. We have our main event, the three way dance. So many double duties on this show. <laughs> Hardcore Holly's just like, <laughs> like it's it's worth it in the end, I suppose. Um, so to run through the options that we've managed to co- cobble together, so we read the shade show of the original card they had already. We now give you our effects card. We have uh, Stephen's suggestion of bringing the Armageddon ladder match forward to December to dismember. London and Kendrick, the Hardys, Dave Taylor and William Regal and Eminem. We have the Elimination Chamber match, swapped to running second, containing pretty much all the same competitors except for... Now my memory's trying to remember who was swapped in instead. Uh, Sandman was swapped in instead of Big Show. Wait, Hardcore Holly was in the original match for that. Oh, he got he swapped out originally. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> or sh- shall, we, shall we change it so that we'll actually does triple on this one? Lads, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Like, like Tom, that was your match. Do you want? Do you want Holly in that? No, one? Sabu. Sabu's, <laughs> Sabu's still in the uh, in that one, so he's Sabu in uh, double duty. He has the elimination chamber, and then he comes out for the first blood match. There we go, Sabu and Holly, the workhorses of the show. <laughs> um, we have the, the the tag match, bringing in Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson to face uh, their toughest challenge yet. Getting a good match out of Elijah Burke and Sylvester Takai, aka the Predator, aka Big Van Vader UFO, aka listen to whatever other name Stevie read out about ten minutes ago. Um, we have the first blood match. Sabu works double as he faces Hardcore Holly. Uh, the start of an easy night for Hardcore Holly. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we then go to the uh, the six man multi match involving everyone's Bay and Spare Animal Umaga, and then uh, <laughs> Hardcore Holly is back out again for a tables match because he loves tables against Test. <laughs> the real test of the night is how he survives two matches, <laughs> and then we end the night a three way dance for the ECW Championship. It's RVD, CM Punk, and Bobby Lashley. A dark match featuring Hardcore Holly at the Predator. <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore Holly's like, I'm done, man. I'm not like kidding. I'm, I'm not kidding. I am actually right now typing dark match Hardcore Holly versus the Predator. <laughs> Send the home, the fans home, home happy. Oh, no, that's, just, that's the warm up. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, 
is, is it, it's not a good it's not really a good idea to google predator wrestler is it yeah that can lead to oh, he's, the first, he's the first guy it comes up it's <laughs> the turkey did you say like he's known as the escapee as well oh jesus See if you Google that, you get Sylvester Turkey, and then one of the options after it, just after it on Google is, is Hulk Hogan related to Horace Hogan. <laughs> I mean, who, and then who was Leatherface at wrestling? Who was Leatherface at wrestling? Yeah, uh, I don't know. God, it was the Predator, God, 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 Corporal Kirchner. Uh, I'd be going more for the Predator because that sounds more like a Leatherface kind uh, of name. Uh, um, Randy Orton showed up on mine. And Jesse Ventura. Uh, Apex Predator, that makes more sense. Uh, oh, there's a picture of David Starr. Ah, oh, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> enough of that. Enough of That's, that sets okay. the level. Um, <laughs> so, we have our fixed match. Um, the Armageddon ladder match, the Chamber match, um, Danielson and McGinnis in a tag match, uh, the first blood match, the six-man multi... Uh, the six-man match, the tables match, the three-way dance, Hardcore Holly and Sabu pulling double duty, um, with Holly sneakily pulling triple duty in a dark match against the Predator, at least according to me. Um, guys, what do we think of our, our card that we have made? We put Hardcore Holly. <laughs> I mean, I know that man. I mean, that man treated all the rookies of the day, but Jesus. <laughs> I know if this is his revenge for uh, beating up that. Is this before or after that? Top this, is a, this is this is after he beats yeah. up. It wasn't Daniel Pula, was it? I can't remember the guys now. Uh, uh, Daniel Pula, he was the the tough enough old four one that nearly broke Kurt Angle's arm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I remember it because he's he comes out the 2004 Rumble. They talked about shit, <laughs> and um, he gets beat up off a of Benoit and Guerrero. And then the next guy they send out is Hardcore Holly with the biggest <laughs> smile on his face ever. Yeah. Like, it's like Christmas for him. Yeah. <laughs> now, also, a funny note for the listeners. So, Stephen has just put in our group chat um, the 2023 Easter topic, Easter special topic, a picture of Sylvester Turkey. We'll now wait to see how many people have to Google who he is. Um, you know, uh, that's... Even if it involves everybody watching that match with him, Nathan Jones, Hayden, right, and Deuce. Yeah, like, like I said, Universe Mode From invented far Kurekin too early. Hall, Kurekin yeah. Hall, and these four technical geniuses. Mm-hmm. The same place that the toast great matches featuring Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, Kachishika Okada. No, they had to follow these four men. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, wow. I know, I mean, it's... It's just baffling, but um, I love how I was I love how Barry's uh, Wikipedia is so best the case. I don't know what you're on, Steve. I'm on cage match. I'm on his cage match. That explains that. It's, it's, it's a fun place. It's when he was in zero one. Essentially, it was like a when he was a bit of an MMA guy. But looking at the just looking at the card here, so Andy, do you think we've accomplished our goal here? doing something better <laughs> well I think we've enjoyed ourselves and and we've made a lot of friends on along the way so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've made I a lot of it, friends yeah. including the predator um, <laughs> yeah uh, that's that's like if we ever did like a if we ever did an episode where we customized our own version of cards against humanity there'll be a several white cards involving the predator I could easily guarantee hey, that hey 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 
Got to blame Tom, because if it, me and Andy didn't include him on our cards, Tom had to have him with <laughs> fucking Daniel Bryan. Nigel <laughs> 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 <Daniel> McGuinness. <laughs> had to put him in with such a great tag team that we had to put them on. He's a, he's a smart man, he knows what he's doing. Um. <laughs> so just do a special book it version with just how to book Sylvester Takai. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just going to save that for a future episode. Um, <laughs> Tom, uh, how are you feeling about that? I'm just looking at this, and as it just so happens, you got the most matches in on our reboot <laughs> card. Uh, you got three matches uh, on the card, whereas uh, Stephen and Andy got two apiece. So, how are you feeling with our new? Oh, well, that's lovely, isn't it? Including, including the predator. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm with that. So, best of the. Escapee. I feel like I've done the world of service in a way. <laughs> I mean, Sylvester Takei got released like a month after this show. <laughs> did he even make the rumble in, in January I'm trying to think I don't think he did he got, it was, there was a batch of releases uh, as WWE does uh, it was him Bill DeMott Tatanka C.W. Anderson Jazz Rodney Mack Tony Mameluk The Bashams thinking there was loads here uh, Al Snow Gemini and Gangrel have you uh, clicked on his career highlights? No, I've uh, clicked on the... No, just click, click, click on his career highlights. It's not very long. <laughs> it literally just says 1999, the beginning of an active in-ring career. That's it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's harsh. <laughs> so it's like, congratulations, you started a wrestling career. That's your highlight. I, I mean, I actually don't think he made the rope. Uh, I don't think Elijah Buck was in the rope. Uh, I'll quickly check it before we finish. Uh, uh, Elijah Buck was not in the Rumble either. There was uh, seven ECW competitors in the 2007 Royal Rumble. Tommy Dreamer, Sabu, CM Punk, The Sandman, RVD, Kevin Thorne, and thank God he never got the booking that we gave him, Hardcore Holly. (laughs) (laughs) Holly, I think, would have benefited very well from our booking. Um, I was going to say in 2006, uh, Sylvester Decay did win 83% of his matches. That's a frightening <laughs> statistic. Um, but folks, that's our, <clears throat> that is our, uh, our, that's our December to Dismember card. Um, I think we've improved things. Um, we've certainly benefited many uh, rising star on this show, including um, a young upstar called Harker Holly. <laughs> he's, he's getting his moment to shine. And Sabu just wants to bloody people. I think... Stephen, Andy and Tom for joining me on this wild escapade and before we go guys would you like to know what we will be doing next time we reconvene on an episode of Book It? Yes, why not? Also, Hardcore Holly eliminated Viscera in the 2007 Royal Rumble. <laughs> and Gary instantly switches this episode off. Um, <laughs> well, even listening to it is a brevity. <laughs> so, this idea I was a bit stuck for ideas going into this because I'm like Genuinely, how do I top ECW December's member? So I, th- I decided to go outside the box and indeed outside the show. I reached out to someone else in the pod for an idea. So the idea comes from uh, Scott McLeod for this idea. So as you will remember, um, in the pandemic, it was releases galore. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking a ridiculous amount of releases, <laughs> both in 2020 and 2021, like on, this, on the anniversary as well. 
if everyone remembers. So, this is your challenge from Scott. You are to create the inaugural show of a new promotion. Your roster is the released talent from 2020 and 2021. You may only use them. And we are talking people who were released between the start of the pandemic and even more recently until when Triple H took over as the head of talent relations. So quite a good mess of people to use. So can we use people that get signed by AEW <laughs> and TNA? They still count. Yeah, anyone who got released by WWE in that time is there. Anyone who even returned to WWE is available as well. Uh, <sighs> you have seven matches to play with, the usual limit of segments as well. Your conditions are, there must be three gimmick matches and you must crown a men's world champion, a women's champion, and tag team champions. And if you want to include a mid-card title as well, you are at liberty to do so. What do we think about that idea? It sounds interesting. You get Mike and Maria back in and have the theme music. Here's to the greatest, greatest oh, yes. lover. I got, I got taken off of Spotify <laughs> last year. That was fuming. I remember the day that happened. You sent a very broken-hearted message into the pod chat. That was, I was gutted. I was gutted. Same I day I couldn't find Kelly Kelly and Candice Michelle's expose. <laughs> and you then see, we know what his favourite segment on the show was. <laughs> so you say the release was 2020 to 2022 when Triple H took over? Yeah, just anyone released between uh, the start of the pandemic and when Triple H took over as the head of talent relations. So quite a, a good area for people and you can use any of them whether they went to AEW, Impact, New Japan wherever <laughs> like you can use them for the promotion even if they have since then gone back to WWE you can still use them so quite the wide net of talent there but that will do us for book it. I can't believe we even did that guys <laughs> honestly what were we thinking doing December to member? We got there in the end. Uh, I give thanks again to Tom McManus, to Andy Mitchell, and to Stephen Wilson. Yeah, we all need therapy now. So if anyone knows the number of a good therapist, please uh, let us know at Suplex Retweet. Follow us on the socials. Um, visit the website, eatsleepsupplexretweet.com. Follow us on all our, all our podcasting sites that we're available on. I promise we'll try not to do too much ECW again <laughs> on Book It. Uh, at least December to this member anyway also keep an eye out for the future episode of Book It Sylvester Turkey Predator Edition Um, (laughs) folks thank you for listening congratulations if you even made it to the end of this episode and we will catch you all later hello my name's Jack Graham hello my name's Scott McLeod and I'm David Hockney you can catch us hosting one of the greatest shows in the history of podcasting, Saturday Draft Live. You can tune in every Saturday to see who on the podcast has the best chance of winning the latest season of our Fantasy Draft. As always, you can catch Saturday Draft Live on the Suplex Retweet feed on your preferred podcasting platform.